Yeah. DC load letter. <laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the the neighbor guy next door for ho- for this last Halloween dressed up like his character from the movie? The what? The construction worker that lived next door to Peter. Oh in yeah. Office space. He dressed up like his look- character from Office Space this last Halloween. What the hell are you guys talking oh, did about? He really? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, what's what was that guy's name? Fuck, I just remember Peter. Hey, Peter, check out Chick <laughs> on Channel Nine. Oh, okay, that <laughs> it's the breast exam. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, here we are back again, Punk Rock Cops. We are here, we're going to the movies today. It's me, Roger, we got Carlos and Robin. What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, Today we're going to the movies. We're talking about uh, movies that are related to police work and movies that are related to punk rock. So we had a lot of messages from people talking about this movie in particular and asking how we felt about it. Uh, And the movie was SLC Punk. I'm sure that Almost everybody out there that listens to punk rock, hardcore, ska, whatever is familiar with the movie. What do you guys think of the movie? I absolutely love SLC Punk. It's it's my favorite punk movie ever. It's from from beginning to end, solid movie. And the soundtrack, which I'm sure we'll get into, is epic. So just as good as the movie. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was, I was like, this is great. And I've seen it probably a hundred times over the years. It's just... It's a classic. Yeah. So for those that don't know what the movie is, um, where there's going to be some spoiler alerts. So if you want to watch these movies before we talk about this stuff and come back and listen, now would be the time to hit the pause button, I guess. Um, but for, the, for those that don't know, SLC Punk is – what year did that come out? Probably 99, 98? 98. Yeah. 98, okay. So it stars Matthew Lillard. It's got um, – awesome cast it's a, it's a coming of age movie but it's set in the punk scene in salt lake city utah it's about a kid that moved from new york city with his yuppie parents to salt lake city and he's college age and he's kind of just figuring his life out so um if you haven't seen it it's amazing let's kind of go through uh how that movie starts so do you guys remember well it was set in 1985 right mm-hmm. it basically just shows him in the punk scene and hanging out with his friends and how he's just purposely going against the grain to be kind of as punk rock as possible. Don't they, um, in the beginning discuss the different types of punks in their scene? Like you have the kids that are obsessed with like British punk, like sex pistols. And he makes a comment. He's like, uh, He's like, yeah, all they say is anarchy in the UK. What about anarchy in the US? I don't give a fuck about the UK and stuff like that. So I remember that in particular. Well, the movie starts off. There's the two rednecks that are drinking beer by the pickup truck and they come over. So instantly they start off talking about their their beef with the rednecks. And then he kind Mm -hmm. of breaks it down in all the different subgenres. Like he talks about the mods and uh, Jason Siegel's character, which I'm blanking on at the moment. It was funny going back and watching that years later Mike. after watching. Yeah, Mike. Thank you. After watching, uh, like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and all those movies, I was like, oh, let me throw on SLC Punk. And I was like, 
holy shit, that's Jason Siegel. Like, never realized it back in the day. Never put two and two together until on a rewatch after seeing all of his movies a while ago. And I couldn't believe that he was in it. And then uh, Till Swiger, the what was his character's name in the movie, where he's not a punk at all. Are you talking um, about Mike? Oh, the, the blonde guy. Yeah. The With really the hat, rich guy. Right? No, the, the rich guy that they go over to his house and he's like showing them all the shit. And they're just oh, trying the, to the, score the off Russian the dude. The Russian yeah, dude. Russian oh, the Russian dude. dude. Mark. Mark. Mark, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like, and that's when he's going through the party. So it's it's cool how he, like, Steve-O does that. He's kind of breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to the audience. I think that's always kind of cool in movies. Either you can do it right or you can do it wrong. And it totally, like, um, brings the movie to, like, a screeching halt when they do that. But I think he did it great right in that party scene where he's going around and kind of giving you the rundown on the characters. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, an easy way to figure out kind of who they are and where they fit in in the scene and stuff like that. But I think, uh, I think it's cool in the beginning where they kind of break it down. They're like... You know, we are, uh, we talk, you know, they talk about how they're at war with the rednecks and we don't like the rednecks because the rednecks are America incarnate and, well, fuck America. And then they kind of go right into uh, Sex and Violence by the Exploited, I'm pretty sure, is the first yep. song that plays, which, yep. if you don't know that song, the words are Sex and Violence over and over again for like <laughs> six and a half minutes. But it's a great song. <laughs> um, and he kind of breaks down, like, you know, you can tell, like, in their little apartment that they live in there's all this reagan shit everywhere i think there's like uh darts thrown at a, a poster of reagan and you can see some lyrics for like black flag written on the yeah, walls it's got, I've, mm-hmm. it's like, I got a gun in my back or yes it's not my imagination mm-hmm. i've got mm-hmm. a gun in my back yes. and they kind of introduce heroin bob as like a guy who is uh, drinks alcohol and smokes cigarettes but he doesn't use any other hard drugs and he's uh scared of needles he, He's scared of needles. Yeah, yeah. And, and where he gets I, that, I believe, he gets that cut on his hand, and it gets all infected, and he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they named a disease after me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he like fighting people in the hospital too? Yeah, they were all like, holding him down, as they're... Him mm-hmm. trying to get the IV in him or whatever. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the movie is it's really true to life because there's a lot of things, and throughout the movie, you kind of see Stevo's journey through young adulthood where he's like i'm gonna fuck with the system fuck the system i'm not going to college even though like back in his mind like in in his heart he's already like kind of already gone to pre-law his dad's like a a lawyer from harvard and his parents are trying to push him there and but he's just kind of rebelling but he can see his own hypocrisy throughout the movie and as you get like halfway through the movie he kind of starts to realize that you know, even though he enjoys punk rock, if if you live by that ethos, like it's just kind of, it's very strict and it almost becomes a system. And if you're an anarchist, you can't really be part of a system, right? And he kind of breaks it down. And I think us as a group here being cops and kind of coming around to being, actually being the system, I guess, uh, or an arm of the system. Uh, I think we've kind of been through that journey ourselves. Yeah, I'm sure we can all relate because, I mean, in the end, he essentially sells out. He shaves his mohawk. Pretty sure he's wearing like a suit and tie and mm-hmm. he's off. He's off to law school in Harvard. So definitely a coming of the age, you know, coming of age tale that we can remember. But I know, Robin, you hit on it earlier. It was that scene in the mall when that one dude's going up the escalator. He's like anarchy in the UK. And it's like mm-hmm. and he talks about who started it first. Was it? the Ramones and the Velvet Underground in the United States, or was it the Sex Pistols in the United Kingdom? And, you know, we can obviously, I'm partial to the Ramones, so I'll definitely say the Ramones. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Um, but he nails it on the, on the head when he says that we did it louder, we did it faster, and we did it with love. So I love that he that he captured oh, yeah. that because that's that's so essential and that's so true. The punk rock in the United yeah, States. Yeah, I think to the- that yeah that line that he says what you just said it just really I remember hearing it and I was like hell yeah that's exactly exactly how I feel you know it gets you all excited when you hear something like that and you you know you feel the passion for the music and it's just cool when someone says something like that that really just hits you in the heart and you're like that's exactly it. Did you guys see the CBGB's movie that came out a couple years ago? I'm trying to think I think it was just called CBGB's. Um it was on Netflix and it was actually amazing. It was a really good movie. It had um some kids in it that played the police and a lot of the documentary kind of yeah, it's called CBGB. It came out in 2013. It had Alan Rickman was the main guy in it and uh it had Blondie, you know, Debbie Harry, the police, all these bands in there. And the music was great and the story was amazing. But you guys know what CBGB stood for, right? Wasn't it like country bluegrass or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, country something bluegrass like blues. Yeah, so it's kind of funny that that was the uh, the thing that made it up. And I'm not like a, I guess, a CBGB historian or anything. But the movie was really cool. And obviously, I, you know, I've heard a, a lot of bands that have played there and things like that. But... Um, what was the guy's name? Hilly. That ran yep. I think he was kind of like an old hippie guy. And that's just, he just let the punks play there. And that's what happened, you know. But I'm going back to SLC, SLC Punk. One of my favorite scenes in the movies when they're at the show. Um, some band playing. And then uh, Steve-O gets into a fight with one of the bouncers as he's on stage trying to sing with the singer. And then Jason Siegel's character like takes off his glasses <laughs> And like runs over and starts beating the crap out of the out of the bouncer. Um, that that part was awesome. And then after after the show, they're all sitting there <laughs> drinking with the band who's from England, which I forget the band's name. It's something like Total Destruction, Extreme, extreme or Corporal along. Punishment. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he's saying like a band, Extreme Corporal Punishment from the United from the UK, is over here in Salt Lake City telling us how violent we are. I, I love that. Uh... When he's introducing Mike, and he's like, he he looks like a total dweeb, but he's like the hardest. He's the most hardcore guy in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so funny. So he's one of my favorite characters because he just doesn't care. He just goes like jumps in and fights. And uh, wasn't there was a scene where he got like arrested? Yeah. And he's right? busting, and out, he all, like, busting out all the car windows. Oh, and then yeah, he takes off he, running in handcuffs down the street. Right, he, like, <laughs> yeah. kicks out the back window and takes off running after he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, I, I like when they're they're kind of, like, sitting in a... Like, halfway through the movie when Steve-O kind of starts to see the hypocrisy of it all. And they're sitting in the restaurant talking to Mike. And he's like, guys, I'm leaving. I want to go save the trees. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, like, mm-hmm. the most the hardcore plants. guy in the world. Yeah, and he's going to be go be a botanist, you know? And yes. I, I was like... I the vegan the inside of that movie. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I identify with that guy more than anybody <laughs> by, by the end of the movie, you know? Well, if you remember at the beginning when he's talking to his parents, he's got his huge mohawk, and they're trying to, you know, give him the, the whole speech of we need to do something with his life and with love. But he's talking to his parents, <laughs> and they're trying to convince him to go to college and telling him to do it with love, and he's telling them that they're hypocrites because they're divorced. So already he's kind of picking up on that. And he's like, I'm 18 now. And for the first time in my life, I can say, fuck you. And tells his parents <laughs> off. So at the end of the movie, he's 
riding with his dad in his Porsche, talking about going mm-hmm. off to law school. He he does make a lot of sense in the end, where he's like, you know, fuck it, I, I sold out, I became a lawyer. You know, I obviously I was always just a big ass poser, but I mean, he's he's like, I can do more damage inside the system than outside the system, and I think that that for me is very true, and I've I've kind of taken that to heart because think of being having the punk ethics and being a cop i mean obviously you know yeah all cops are bastards we're all fucking fascist whatever you know that's what the punk rock scene says but what is more badass than actually going in and helping your community and you know putting some of that influence into that you know everybody wants the police to be gone but what if we have cops that kind of have that mindset that punk rock mindset where hey you know maybe we can work as a community and get some shit together i know we had some people ask us in the uh instagram how has our punk upbringing or our hardcore ethics how has that affected our job as a police officer right i'd imagine you probably had some things like that as well oh absolutely and like i was saying in the first episode you don't forget where you come from especially if you grew up yeah Don't forget your roots. Um, And that, you know, that has always been inside of me. I've always had that, you know, punk rock ethic. But even as a cop, like, I'm not going to do it be be something that, you know, I'm humanizing the badge. I know that's cliche or whatever. And but I, I, I always took those ethics with me. And, uh, you know, applied it in my job. And you just, when you find those people that need that extra time or, you know, don't understand what's going on, you take a second and you talk with them. And if if you find commonalities with them, you know, you use that to your advantage to, you know, get them to cooperate and, you know, realize that, yeah, you made a mistake I get it. You know, I'm not here to punish you. I'm just here to, you know, enforce the laws and stuff, but I'm not going to, I'm going to treat you like a human being. And, you know, we're going to find a common ground and to, to, you know, get through it. So I don't know. That's just how I've always handled the job and performed my job. And that's That's due to my, yeah, that's due to my punk rock roots. Yeah, I think that I think that people have grown up in the scene. You know, we kind of always had to look out for one another because you know we obviously weren't always the uh, most popular kids in school. I mean, maybe maybe the kids that listened to Pennywise were, but you know, nobody else. But um, we, uh, you know, recently I actually was on patrol and I saw a kid skating behind a business, and I don't I don't know if he was allowed to be there or not. I don't care. I was like, awesome. You know, he's he's tearing it up. So he sees my squad car. And I pull around, and this kid just books it like a thousand miles an hour running. I'm like, what the hell, man? So I whip around the corner. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to this kid. And so I went around the corner, and and he's just running for blocks. And he finally gets tired. I'm like, hey, come here. And he's like, oh. And he's like, got his head down. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, why are you running? He's like, I don't know, because I was skateboarding. I'm like, skateboarding's not a crime, bro. And he's like... You see his eyes like light up, like what? I'm like, let me see what you got. And he's like, okay. And he's younger. He's probably like 14 or 15. He's wearing a no effect shirt, and um, 
he does like shows me his little kickflip. I'm like, let me get on that board. And as soon as I got on that fucking board, my 40 year old body with all my gear on <laughs> and everything, I realized that was a very, very big mistake. So I uh, can just imagine uh, filling out the the workman's comp paperwork, <laughs> like <laughs> injured on yeah. duty doing a kickflip. But but it was interesting <laughs> to see the kid's reaction due to you know what his perception of me was and what he thought our interaction was going to be. I, I really enjoy like changing people's perception you know i go up there and you know i i dealt with a kid one time that was in a crash shirt and i was like hey bro you better watch it you're gonna be banned from the roxy and he's like what the hell like he's like this guy knows crass <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up becoming friends with that kid actually we, we swapped some records over the years and stuff but it's it is cool just to kind of have that little mindset because i'm i'm not gonna lie i fucking hated the police when i was a kid i lived in a poor neighborhood i always had bad interactions with some mullet having mustachioed dude that was uh you know probably still drunk from the night before and i really wanted to kind of break that stereotype when i when i came into the job yeah i think we can all do that kind of capture you know take advantage of those moments i know speaking with the kids skateboarding i i always make it a point anytime i see a group of kids skateboarding outside of a 7-eleven or something i'll you know I'll, i'll kind of cruise by and they all stop and watch and i get out and they're already kind of expecting to be you know, harassed or whatever. I, I always enjoyed um, doing that, just going up to kids and and saying like, "Oh man, yeah, that band is awesome." Or remember Airwalks? Oh Did yeah, you guys ever have this? It was like Airwalks <laughs> and humongous Jenkos. Yeah, a couple a couple of years ago, uh, you could get Airwalks at Payless Shoes for like twenty bucks. Yes, so yeah. I bought a I shit ton. But I remember my friend used to work at uh, man, I want to say it was like an AMC at the mall and we'd all show up Friday night and he'd let us in over the side door. I think I watched saving private Ryan like eight times in the movie theater. But yeah, he used to, we used to have the hookup. That's a long movie. So I, I have some, I have some history of saving private Ryan. That came out in 98 as well, right? I think so. I think so. Or 97, uh, I think. Yeah. I remember going to the movie and I went in there on opening night, and I think I went by myself. I don't think I had, like, anybody with me, but it was all a bunch of World War II vets in there. And it was, like, the most emotional experience. And as soon as I turned 17, I, I saw the medic in the movie, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And as soon as I turned 17, I went and joined the Army and became a medic because I was, like, so, like, moved by that moment mm-hmm. at, at, at the movies with uh, Saving Private Ryan. I'll say, before we go on, favorite scene from SLC Punk, Go. Roger. My favorite scene from SLC Punk, honestly, is where he is sitting there at the end of the movie. It's kind of like the post-credits where him and Bob meet up, and they're playing Dungeons & Dragons, and they're just a couple of nerds, and they're listening to Rush. And Steve-O's like, Rush is an amazing band. They're very technical and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Heroin Bob's like, this is bullshit, bro. Like, why why don't we listen to this instead? And he puts a a tape in, and it's... uh, uh, Bob O'Reilly by The Who. And it was like, that's amazing. He's like, yeah, it's different. And then, like, they kind of, which that's kind of a weird song that they chose for that, but uh, maybe it was a different song. I don't remember. Maybe I'm seeing that differently. But uh, he's like, yeah, my cousin gave me this tape or whatever. And uh, that was really cool because that was kind of like me and my friend's experience, you know, like one day we weren't punks and then one day we were. And that's kind of, that's kind of what they did, you know. How about you, Robin? Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorites. For sure, because it just kind of, you know, 
it's at the very end of the movie and, you know, they wait till the end to show how they got into punk and stuff. So that was really cool. But um, I also like the scenes with uh, the Russian guy, Mark, when, like you were saying earlier, how he's going around showing all this like high tech stuff. And when he has the, uh, the laser disc, the giant laser disc, and he's like, "There's a movie on there." <laughs> or the waterbed <laughs> and so him funny. and Stevo when they're yes. laying on the waterbed, and he's like, "Gee, it's a waterbed, but there's no waves." And Stevo's like, "Why don't you there's- just get a regular bed?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, it's just so funny because Stevo's just like, "What the fuck?" But he's just, you know, listening to him and stuff, and <laughs> and then um, he like steals the car. And he, like, tries to dump it in the Salt Lake, and he, it's, like, floating, and he's, like, shooting at the car, and he's like, sink, why won't she sink? Sink, you fool. That was just so funny. So that was, like, one of my favorite scenes. Yes. When they go to that liquor store in, uh, was it Wyoming? And he's mm-hmm. like, if you, what does he say? Is If you think people in Salt Lake City thought we were weird, the people in Wyoming think we're aliens, and they walk into the liquor store, and the old man's like, Oh, you guys must have gotten out of the mental institution and goes to get on the phone. And then he's like, no, no, uh, we're from England. That's why we seem so weird to you. <laughs> and then it just shows how like stupid some Americans are. We're like, how are you boys liking it in the old U.S.? Like they don't speak English in England. And then they hear that couple or whoever talking over. And so they walk over with all their big cases of Mickey's. And when when uh, Hero and Bob gets mad because the one dude with the with the bull haircuts like what about the Nazis you know they were as, as evil as they come and the one guy's like no I think they were more just a, a gathering of people or he says some stupid shit like that yeah the the soundtrack to that movie is amazing I mean you got starts off you got Sex and Violence uh, by the Exploited, Exploited is one of the first mm-hmm. ones uh, I love Living in the City by Fears on it which is my favorite Fear song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, have you ever read the lyrics to that song, by the way, or do you know the lyrics to I Love Living in the City? It's basically like roaches crawling up the walls, crabs crawling on my balls. Like, the lyrics are just ridiculous. What's <laughs> the other one? Uh, New York's all right if you like saxophones, and then, was it We're Going to War? Uh, let's Start a War. Oh, Start a War, yes. Those are my two favorite Fear songs. Yeah. Uh, Beef Balloon. Line of Threats on the soundtrack? Yeah. Was it uh, Look Back yeah. and Laugh? Mm-hmm. That is a fucking great song, by the way. Just lyrically, oh, yeah. it's just amazing. Um, Kiss Me Deadly by Generation X is on there. If you guys aren't familiar, that's Billy Idol's band. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to him being just Billy Idol. And I fucking love that song. It's like, uh, I'll do my best Billy Idol. The Greyhound's rocking out tonight. You know that? It's just <laughs> such a good song. But. Did you guys see SLC Punk 2? It was the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen. I didn't see it. Uh, on principle, because Matthew Lillard is not in it, I refuse to see it. I think it's just like a like a really? grab. Yeah, he's not in SLC Punk too. I know uh, Harry that and Bob's is character. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much everybody else except for Jason Siegel and uh, I'm, I don't think Till. I know because in the movie Till's character Mark, I think he dies in a plane crash, like his parents, or he disappears or something. But yeah, Matthew Lillard I don't is, think they ever confirmed that. They just kind of like said that they assumed that he died because he had to say he had to go back to Miami and take care of some business. Right. And he was. So, yeah, on principle, I refuse to see SLC Punk 2. I would save you guys uh, two fucking boring, horrible 
hours because it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, I think worse the, than uh, Edge of Coral. Eh, yeah, maybe. I, I think so. Yet, so. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no, we gotta do. We gotta do our episode about that where we watch it and talk about it. So, I think that's a pretty good punk rock movie. Obviously, there's other movies. Um, I feel like a lot of the punk rock movies aren't great. Like, let's talk. Like, would you guys consider Taxi Driver a punk rock movie? No, it's a great movie. Yeah, great movie. But, I mean, Travis Bickle, like. He kind of he has a mohawk and stuff, so I think because I feel like the punks always identify with that movie. You always like it's kind of like loosely related around this scene. I think I blanked last time we were talked. There was a the social distortion documentary, another state of mind, but that's more of a documentary than an actual punk movie. There was what was the Germs movie? What we do is secret. That was great. Yeah, that was a great great movie. Did you guys see um, Green Room? Mm-mm. So Green Room came so. out a couple years ago. Um, I don't want to ruin it for anybody because I, I really want you guys to watch it, and it's very surprising. But basically, it's about a band that it's a punk band that goes on tour and they end up playing this gig at like a compound, and the gig is full of these crazy like white supremacists, like neo Nazi skinheads, and they're like, "Well, fuck, we got to play the show because they're gonna kill us if we don't play." And then it turns into like it's actually a, it's like a horror movie, and it's really good. Patrick Stewart's in it actually, like. Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, it is a freaking brutal movie, though. You really need to watch it. It's called Green Room. You think of any others, Robin? I mean, you know, you have those movies that would include, like, pop punk songs and, you know, like American Pie and um, uh, Euro Trip. And I'm trying to think. That was a funny movie. Did you guys ever see Eurotrip? Oh, I love Eurotrip. <laughs> in the beginning, he's in the he's like at the party, and uh, Matt Damon's band is playing, <laughs> and his girlfriend like broke up with them. And is it John, Johnny doesn't songs. know or whatever? Scotty no, doesn't Scotty. know. Scotty doesn't know. Yes, yeah, thank Scotty you. doesn't know. It's <laughs> Matt Damon, and he's singing it. And he like calls his girlfriend. What does he call her? Like a sex puppet or something. <laughs> and he like is making out with her on stage, like right in front of Scotty. Poor Scotty. He doesn't Oh my know. God. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's like when movies randomly will throw in like, uh, I'll never forget watching the girl next door and they play mm-hmm. break down the, as uh, a break down the walls by youth of today. It just like comes on out of nowhere. I'm like, Holy shit. That's oh, youth yeah. of today. Or like every you know, mm-hmm. now and then you get like a social distortion, like randomly in some movie that you would never think to, to play some of that so it's always fun when you come across those you know little easter eggs here and there that you recognize um yeah i didn't know that that was in the girl next door it's pretty awesome but Mm -hmm. um there was a movie that came out in the 90s called god money and the movie itself wasn't great it was kind of about like um i think a guy that ends up selling drugs to get money or something i don't remember the whole premise of the movie but it's some indie film but the soundtrack to it was amazing it had um AFI, um, Wake Up Call by AFI, which I don't know if that's on any other albums. It had uh, Lucky by The Descendants, which if you haven't ever heard that one, it's like, what would I do if I hadn't already gotten lucky once with you? I think it's on that album only. Um, Saying Goodbye Again by Rollins Band, which is, if you've ever lost anybody, it's an amazing song. Uh, Doing Time by MXPX is on there. Small Town Minds by MXPX. Uh, it's just it's an amazing soundtrack. So if you ever find that one, I think it has like it's a band called like the old Christian band like Stavisaker or something like that. Oh, Steve Rammstein. Seeker. 
<laughs> but yeah, they're on there. So God Money soundtrack. I don't know if you can find it on Spotify. I think that there's like a YouTube playlist of it out there. Remember when uh, Rollins was acting and like you'd watch some random movie and like there's Henry Rollins. Oh yeah, um, he was in that movie, <clears throat> The Chase. Did you guys ever see that with Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. and like Christy Swanson? I think that yeah. Red BMW. And yeah, and it had like. Uh, Anthony Kiedis and uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were in it too. But Henry Rollins was like the hardcore cop. And they're like doing an, a documentary. But that soundtrack is really good. It has Rancid, No Effects, um, Rollins Band. Uh, who else was on there? It, that was a really good soundtrack. Do you guys, I don't know if it was the same for you guys growing up, but where I was from, there was always a rumor that Henry Rollins was going to play the Punisher in a movie, and that Danzig was going to play Wolverine in a movie. Did you guys ever hear? Did you guys ever hear? Because that was maybe maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just my group of friends. But we had always heard that there was going to be a Punisher movie coming out with Henry Rollins. So speaking of soundtracks, I did go see the Smashing Pumpkins last week, which was really amazing. Somebody I've always wanted to see since I was a kid, and uh, Jane's Addiction opened for him, and that was phenomenal. But um, the Pumpkins had, uh, they played a song off of a soundtrack, the Lost Highway soundtrack. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good soundtrack. That has, like, Nine Inch Nails on there and, I think, like, Marilyn Manson. And, uh, that, yeah, I had that soundtrack when I was a yeah, teenager. A really good, like, 90s soundtrack. Kind of like, uh, since we're talking movies, The Crow. Oh, I, mean, yes. I love That's got to be, like, my number one movie soundtrack mm. is The Crow. That soundtrack is so good. I love that soundtrack. Has what? Uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Cure, the Rollins Band, right? And yeah, Ghost Rider. Who else is on there? Uh, I don't. The Machines of Loving Grace. I think they're like a mm. goth band. They do Golgotha Tenement Blues, which is a really good song. And then um, Rage Against the Machine is on there, and they yeah, do a right. version of a Public Enemy <clears throat> song. And uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I that remember. was a Public Enemy song. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it, it was really good. And then there's some weird alternative bands and stuff on there. And of course, Eric Draven's fake band is on there singing "It Can't Rain oh, All the Time" right. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Caveman. What was it called? Hangman's Caveman Jury. Hangman's, Hangman's jury. jury. Yeah, that's right. Which did they do? A I didn't watch the movie? Crow this year. Uh, I mean, the new, Sid the Nancy, new biopic right? that they had. Sid and oh, Nancy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's a new series that was just on FX and Hulu um, called Pistol. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was really, really cool. Um, I heard that Johnny Rotten hated it, but I think he kind of <laughs> hates everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. That guy did uh, not age yeah. well. I mean, so. He's lived a, I, rough, a rough life. Yeah, I mean, he had, like, meningitis as a kid. That's why he had, like, that weird stare and the nasty teeth and stuff, because he had spinal meningitis. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and did you ever read his book, uh, No Blacks, No Dogs, No Irish? Mm Mm-mm. He said Mm -hmm. that was actually a sign, like, in the neighborhood where he lived, because he he lived in England, but he was Irish, and I guess they were kind of treated poorly. And he he lived in a pretty uh, crappy area, but... Great book. I I think it came out in probably ninety eight somewhere around there. I read it. I've read it a couple of times actually. I think there was another uh, Sex Pistols movie. Was it the the Filth and the Fury that came out like forever ago? 
maybe I, didn't know, I, know that Sid, Green... I knew Sid Vicious couldn't play, but I didn't know that he didn't even record on any other albums. Like he was just like a stage presence. So Glenn Matlock played on the original uh, Nevermind the Bullocks, which mm-hmm. that album, I mean, punk or not, that is an amazing rock and roll album. I don't want to hear anybody say that those guys can't play because that album is, it's tracked beautifully. It sounds amazing. Actually, I have a first press of it. If you guys want me to show it off to you, I will. But that is just one of the best all-time albums, period, because it just sounds so good and there was nothing else like it. And I think... So my thing with the Sex Pistols is, if, if you guys watch the the series Pistol, I really recommend it. Um, it kind of follows a lot of the old books and biographies I had seen before. But um, they were really, I think the emphasis that they couldn't play was a bunch of bullshit. I don't believe that Sid could not play. I believe that he could play. And I, I Steve Jones and Paul Cook went on to play in other rock bands over the years. I know Steve Jones was a studio musician forever. Uh, they played with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They played with all kinds of people. And they're just really good. So I don't know where they got the whole we couldn't play thing. I think that was part of their gimmick, though, that was put together by Malcolm McLaren, their manager. Because really, I mean, the Sex Pistols were, were formed by Malcolm to sell his clothes from his shop. So it was about fashion after all. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the irony of everything is um, they say it's not about fashion and punk fashion, blah, blah, blah. But the whole thing was based off of Malcolm McLaren's store named Sex that he ran with his wife. And he was just trying to sell his products, really. And so those guys would wear his clothes on stage and he'd sell more of them. I mean, so they're kind of like the first ultimate boy band, not too far removed from, <laughs> like, say, the Monkees, really. <laughs> And I mean, I might get crucified for saying that, but it's it's true. All right, you heard it here first. Sex Pistols is the first <laughs> band ever. I don't want to. I don't want to neglect the the law enforcement side of it either. Can you guys? Mm-hmm. I know for me personally, my favorite kind of cop movie has to be Heat. I mean that that bank robbery scene. I know it was inspired by that original Bank of America robbery uh, shootout that they had in L.A., which changed you know all the mm-hmm. tactics and stuff that we do. But I think Heat. I mean, that's that scene with De Niro and Al Pacino when he chases him down on the highway, which I think is a Moby song, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that they play during that car chase scene. And they sit down at the at the coffee shop and kind of, you know, you could do what do you do and I'll do what I got to do. But if it comes down to it, you know, in the end, I got to put you down. So or what else? Uh, Copland with Sylvester Stallone. That was a great one, too. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, one of my favorites is The Departed, just because I love Boston. (laughs) And I mean, there's so many good actors in that movie. I mean, you have Jack Nicholson, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg. And I mean, it's just hardcore. And I mean, you don't expect the ending the way it goes and stuff like that, but it's just a perfect ending of like karma and everything like that. Um, But of course, you know, you have the dropkick Murphys, in, uh, you know, um, shipping up to Boston on that soundtrack. So that's one of my favorites for sure. And I also, my other favorite cop movie is L.A. Confidential. If you've ever seen that, it's from like 96 or 97. So <clears throat> it's about, it's cops in L.A. and um, these detectives that are complete opposites and they hate each other. Um and, you know, there's a lot of corruption with the mob 
um, and dealing heroin and, and within the department. And so they're trying to figure out who's behind it all. And um, it's set in like, I think it's set in the early 50s, like 1953 or something, which I'm a vintage girl, like a retro girl. So I love like movies and stuff that are set in the 40s and 50s. So so it, it was basically about drugs and prostitution and the mob. And so there are these girls, like these call girls or escorts or whatever you want to call them, that this guy was uh, running and they were all, they all looked like movie stars from that period of time, like Veronica Lake and Rita Hayworth and um, like Ava Gardner, those types and uh, it has Russell Crowe as one of the detectives. Who else is in that? I can't think of the name of the guy. Uh, that's the other main detective. Kevin Spacey is a detective. He's a vice detective. Guy Pierce is the one that's like the nerdy, like by the book uh, detective. But yes, excellent movie if you haven't seen that. And seven. When you, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? That was, uh, great, was that, that Brad Pitt that, and Morgan Freeman and Spacey, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's excellent. That broke movie. my heart when that movie came out. I was like, oh, my God, I never expected that. Which, if, if Sorry, there's a lot of spoiler alerts today, but hopefully yeah, You haven't seen, seen it by now. Movies. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I guess my favorite cop movies, I can go with, like, the... The traditional like end of watch is great. You know, it's 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 a new movie, but I, I feel like it's a little it's a little over the top, but some of it's pretty neat. I really like that beginning part where he's kind of saying the little mantra or whatever, and he's talking about you know I'm a police officer, I'll arrest you, blah blah blah. That gets me all fired up, wanting to go do some interdiction and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say so like the my two favorite cop movies are kind of based on history, so I would say um, the Untouchables. Um, I thought that was a really good one. I think Elliot Ness is uh, has a really cool story, even though a lot of it was bullshit, and it was kind of like he made uh, made a lot of it up later, and I think he embellished a lot of things. But I, I always thought he was cool because it seemed like he was always like a Boy Scout and stuff. And if you've ever watched uh, Boardwalk Empire and, and that series, it kind of goes into the whole Prohibition thing. Uh, my favorite cop movie is probably tombstone though i know that's kind of a oh, yeah that's a great movie maybe not thought of as, yes. as a cop movie but but and again wyatt earp kind of embellished some things and some authors kind of made him sound like more than he was uh really his brother i think was the the real cop um mm-hmm. i think there's some who's up uh who played his brother was it uh i can't think of the name sam sam, sam elliott <laughs> yeah. yeah sam elliott sam yeah. elliott yeah it's like when he says, skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I talk awfully big for a guy that doesn't run hill. He's like, I don't got to run hill to get the bulge on a tub like you. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I actually just watched that the other night. But it's just cool because I think the best thing about that movie is the uh, the friendship and the camaraderie between the guys in the movie. And, and like I said, I've kind of read a lot of conflicting things about like the OK Corral and the shootout there and about how maybe Wyatt Earp and his brothers just kind of murdered a lot of people. And it's kind of like in the old West, it was judge, jury and executioner. There wasn't really much of a thing. You know, he's like, I see a guy wearing a red sash and I kill him. I mean, that's obviously not how we do business these days. Right. But it's still a really good movie. And it's an interesting take as to what happened back then. But my favorite all time favorite cop movie. Don't say it's going to be 
Oh, God. Here we go. I'm not going to talk about Wolf Cop today. Thank you. But I am going to, I am going to, that is my all-time favorite. My second favorite is another Wolf Cop. But my third favorite is Kung Fury, which if you haven't seen that, that is the best cop movie ever. Uh. And one that's not a B movie would be The Other Guys with oh, yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. The funny, the funny cop movies, like um, my favorite funny cop movie is um, Hot Fuzz. Have you guys ever seen oh, that? Dude, I love Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Morning, the swans escaped. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I actually have um, uh, a picture that I got for... Either my birthday or Christmas, I, I can't remember, but it's like a painting of them like chasing the swan. And it's like, <laughs> it has the blonde guy, like he's like trying to grab it, and then you know the the chubby guy has the baton and he's like holding it up. So yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. It's a good one. I don't know I how like, those cops uh, do it across the pond, man. I, I can't imagine doing what we do without a gun. Or there's some departments like I know. Our, our buddy in New Zealand, they keep like the gun locked away, like in a like you have to get a key in the center console and then unlock your gun to take it out. I can't imagine. Obviously, they don't have to deal with the, the, the sheer volume of firearms that we do. But that would that would trip me out going out and doing what we mm-hmm. do without not having a gun on me. Right. We, we have some friends that are that are over in England. We should have them on and kind of maybe talk Ooh. about how they do things over there. And I wonder it'd be it'd be a nice take to see what their version of what they think American policing is like, you know, compared to what it's shown in the movies and what it's like in real life. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid growing up watching the cops and robbers shows, it was like, yeah, I go run around, fire off six thousand rounds, and go home for the night, and and uh, you know, smoke a carton of Newports and drink some bourbon. But uh, obviously, it's just like you uh, you go to a domestic, you arrest somebody, and you write a bunch of paperwork, and then you go home, and then you do it again. I mean. Right, you got to pay to play, man, and you always know in the middle of a call, you're like, "Oh, it's going to be so much paperwork when we're done." Like if they actually did a, a true police documentary, you know, it'd be five minutes of fun and, and three hours of paperwork. <laughs> That's true. The paperwork never stops, especially when you um, become a detective or investi- or an investigator. It's just you're a bitch to paperwork forever. Yeah, I mean yeah. Hey, that's what that's what makes or breaks cases, right? It doesn't matter how how many uh, bad guys you arrest if you can't articulate what you did, right? Yeah, I, was, I was always taught from the very <laughs> yeah, beginning, CYA, can you articulate? If it did not happen, or it's the my first sergeant called it the four corners rule. He said if it's not in your report, it did not happen. So, yeah, that, it's a lot of writing. <laughs> you know, I had a guy. I had a guy one time that I arrested, and I didn't know him, but I kind of like knew of him, and he kind of knew of me. He didn't know I was a cop. It just was some kind of deal. He had to go to jail. Some something stupid. I don't remember what it was, but um, we're, we have this. My jurisdiction is a little ways from our county jail, so we have quite the long ride to kind of chat and stuff. And I'm not like one of those dudes that can just sit there in awkward silence all the way to the jail. So I'm like, "So how are you?" You know, and they're always like, "Fuck you! How do you think I am?" But um, but this guy was super cool, and we were kind of talking music, and he was kind of like a ska kid. And we were, uh, I'll forgive him for that, but we were talking music and then talking <sighs> jiu-jitsu and like, we were like buddies by the time we got to the jail and he's like, bro, I wish I met you like in different circumstances cause we could be friends. I'm like, well, we still could be. He's like, nah, bro, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I guess to wrap things up, um, is there a particular song off um, a movie soundtrack that you would recommend our listeners check out? Um, I will go with the God Money soundtrack. There is a song on there by the Rollins band called Saying Goodbye Again. And that is, if you've ever lost anybody, that is such a deep song. Uh, I believe the lyrics are, here it is on the news, someone I know is now someone I knew. And it's just like, oh, fuck, I've felt that so many times. And there's another song on that album by MXPX called Small Town Minds, which is much different than a lot of their other stuff. It's a lot heavier, and it goes into another song. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's like kind of like two songs that fit together, like uh, the Green Day fucking... uh, whatever song that was where the two songs went together off Insomniac. But uh, definitely check out the God Money soundtrack. Check out that Rollins band song, Saying Goodbye Again. And we'll uh, we'll add it to the Spotify, or somebody will, I'm, if, it, if we can even find it, because I've looked for it and I can't find it. I would say it probably, yeah, American Hardcore, I know it's more a documentary. I think that's kind of one of the punk documentaries that kind of that gets it right. So I would suggest the American Hardcore soundtrack. Um, so, oh, another soundtrack that is is good. Um, there's a movie called um, Gross Point Blank with John Cusack. Uh, that's, again, from like the late 90s. I loved that movie and the soundtrack. It has a lot of, um, has like The Clash on there, um, has the specials. Um, and the specials covered a song um, by... A first wave ska band called um, Pressure Drop. I love that song. And I love the way the specials did that song. Um, so that's one for me. Um, on the soundtrack of that movie, The Chase, that I was talking about earlier, that had like Henry Rollins um, as the cop in it. Um, that entire soundtrack is good. But I really loved... Um, that they put Rancid Song Hyena on there. That's a great song. So those are two that I would recommend checking out. While I have you, Roger, how was Clerks 3? Clerks 3 made me cry like a little bitch. I'm not going to lie. So the Clerks movies are, they've I've always, they've always been a part of my life. So I've kind of grown up watching them grow up. I mean, they're, you know, maybe 10 years older than me or whatever, but, um, Clerks 1 and 2, 2 being my favorite, and of course that whole Clerks universe with Jay and Silent Bob and Mallrats and Chasing Amy and all that stuff. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to give any spoilers on Clerks 3, but it made me feel so old and so sad and so happy at the same time. Like I feel like it was a masterpiece, and I was kind of... I went to the theater, and there wasn't anybody there when I saw it. It's, it's on Prime streaming now, I think, so if you guys can check it out... Um, Man, it's it's just so good. It, it yeah. it's heartbreaking. I saw it pop up on my feed on my Apple TV today, and the thing was like fourteen bucks or something. I was like, I love the first one. The second one's by far my absolute favorite. So I'm sure that the third one's not going to disappoint. But I remember you telling me before when you went to go see it. So I wanted to see if it was if it was worth spending or wait till it comes out somewhere else. <laughs> it is. It is definitely worth it. That was that's going to be in the top five. I mean, like I said, that whole universe kind of is has been part of my life since I saw the first movie back on VHS tape back in, fuck, however long ago it was. I don't know. What's your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Probably Clerks 2. I mean, that's that's just a, a gimme because it, it's just so funny. And uh, Randall and Elias just make that movie. <laughs> How about you, Robin? you like the, any of the Kevin Smith movies? 
Oh yeah, my favorite was Mallrats. I love that movie. It's just so funny, and uh, I love Jason Lee. Yeah, because I mean, he was a pro skater. Um, Mallrats is great, but like, I feel like it didn't hold up over time like the other ones did, just because it just the acting is just kind of rough. And I feel like the acting is better in Clerks too because it's a little more polished. But well, that's why I, li- I like Mallrats is because it is unpolished. It just seems like just. You know, they just went kind of improved some stuff. I don't know. I like that. My favorite one's actually Dogma with uh, was it Alanis Morissette and uh, Chris oh, yeah. Rock, oh, and was, George yeah, Carlin. Yeah. Um, remember the soundtrack to Mallrats? It had um, it had Suzanne by Weezer, which I think you can't get that mm-hmm. song anywhere else. And I think was there like Jimmy World or somebody on there? Like yes. Uh, I, know, I know there was a yes. Bush song. I'll have to look it up. Uh, Sponge was on there, which if you guys, I don't know if you guys like Sponge, but I always dug them. Man, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. But I thought there was some punk bands on there, too. I know Squirt Gun was on there. And uh, oh, Sublime. Yeah, yeah that's a, that was a good soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Suzanne was the song by Weezer, though. And it was really mm-hmm. good. Like that's I'm a, a sucker one. for the uh, for the all the MCU movies. And thinking back to Mallrats, I think that was Stan Lee's first kind of cameo in a movie. And if oh, you that's right. Fast forward to uh, the Captain Marvel movie on the bus. Stan Lee's actually there. His cameo in Captain Marvel. He's sitting there reading the script to Mallrats, kind of rehearsing oh, wow. lines. <laughs> so it was kind of like almost like Kevin Smith. The View Askew universe is now intertwined with the MCU. So it was kind of cool for him to kind of get that nod and for them to acknowledge that Stan Lee's first cameo in on the big screen was in Mallrats. Yeah, I always liked uh, Chasing Amy, too. Like, that's a great love story, and it's just kind of just, you know, how confusing it is and how things are just all jacked up in, in that story. But um, I cannot watch it anymore because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't handle <laughs> I just heard that now, sorry. Uh, but I, I can't handle Joey, Joey Lauren Adams' voice through the end of it. I, I just can't sit through it anymore. It's pretty like yeah, nails, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. It's like a like, chipmunk voice. Yeah. And I always thought she was adorable when I was younger, but now I'm just like, oh, my Lord. It's it's just, I can't sit through it. But it's a great love story, and I, I think uh, Ben Affleck was really good in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was ben cool Affleck seeing... was the fashionable male guy. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> they've, they've kind of kept uh, Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon kind of making those cameos. They were in, was it Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see the reboot one that Dogma. they did on that. Yeah, so it was cool seeing those kind of big-time actors making those little cameos in all those movies along the way. It, did you guys see the Kevin Smith movie Tusk? Mm-mm. Nope. It, it was fucked up. I, I rec- it's, it's my style of movie, so you'll probably hate it. But um, it's kind of a, a weird horror movie, and it has the kid from The Sixth Sense in it. Um, what is that kid's name? It sees dead people? Yeah. But, the Sixth Sense kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking movies, that one fucked me up when it came out. I had no idea. It blew my mind. But Yeah. Um, it's good talking to you guys. Hopefully, uh, if anybody has any movies that they like that are related to cops and punk or whatever, just hit us up. Um, send us a message. We do read every message that people send to us, and if we don't get back to them, it gets a little confusing because there's like five of us that are in that whole thing. I want to give a shout-out, by the way, to uh, SoCal Sheepdogs. If you haven't checked out that page, I highly recommend it. Uh, the dude that runs it's a cool dude, and he's kind of like one of the OGs of this whole 
punk cop fusion thing, and uh, I feel like I haven't given him a shout-out yet, and I really should. Yeah, I have uh, his shirt. Well, I don't have the blue flag shirt, but I have uh, the the 12s shirt with the the skull and cross or crossbones with the police hat on. So he sent me one of those, and then he sent me, like, the blue flag sticker, which I have on my coffee cup. Well, I have both of his stickers on there along with Unit to Backs. So, yeah, definitely check out both of them because they're awesome. They brought which us together. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but he got kind of roasted by salad days. They they shared his uh, blue flag shirt, and there was a bunch of uh, dickheads on there just commenting about, oh, this guy hasn't learned the lyrics or whatever, you know, and... I was like, what a bunch of losers, but um, he took it in stride, and he was like, you know, pretty happy about, I believe, I, it seemed like he took it in stride, and he thought it was pretty cool that Salad Days mentioned him, so super cool dude, check him out, and uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Let us know what you want to hear about. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check out the all our Punk Rock Cops playlist on Spotify, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Stay safe out there, and uh, keep uh, keep doing what you're doing.
shit don't fuck with this. 